0: I wanted to um, start off by saying my name is Vince, if we haven't met before, and it's a real privilege to be in this church. If I wasn't employed here, I'd make this my church, (laughs) And um, because it's a family, and because my children here feel like this is family, and my wife and I feel like this is family, I actually, I wanted to just say something. In preparing this week, I also chatted with Pastor George. I said, "What do you think about this or about that?" And he gave me some really uh, good questions and good advice in preparing for this message. So it's good to see him this week. George is going to uh, to St. Lucia or to Durban tomorrow to visit his mom for a few weeks over Christmas. So uh, I know Pastor George probably commenting somewhere. Pastor George, take a break. Okay, take a break. And um, but he's always online anyway during daily devotions. If you've seen that during advent which is advent is sort of the anticipation of the savior now we don't anticipate the savior anymore he has come praise god but advent now is what were they anticipating and also what are you missing that you should have anticipated as a believer and today we're going to talk about love love i heard my younger daughter a few months ago I was actually taking a little video of her and she started singing. Jesus loves us. You know how kids sing. She's three. He blesses us. Am I taking this video? He blesses us. Jesus loves us. He doesn't love the bad guys. <laughs> then in the I was gonna play the video, but I thought, no, this is gonna stay online forever, and she's gonna not like me one day for putting it up. And and she says, I see say, in the video, I say, no, no, no. Jesus loves the bad guys, and he also likes the good guys and the bad guys too. And she just carries on. It's like, okay, yeah, cool, Jesus loves them. But I was going to tell her that there are, I was like, go deep into Romans and say, no one is good, no one is good, everyone is bad. So that's why Jesus, I was like, include me, please, I'm one of the bad guys. (laughs) So that's an interesting thing, you know, children, children even at the age of three, determine that love is to be distributed based on behavior. Isn't that interesting? And so I have, some, I have to correct that, because that is not biblical love. And we're going to talk about biblical love today. If you're married or ever been in a relationship, I wanted to ask, who said, I love you, first? Who's the I love you first person? Who is that? Anybody? Nobody. How are you even married? Okay. okay, you're just not going to put your hand up. I see people nudging each other about who said... Uh, I know, Cherise, did you say I love you first? Was it me? Wow. <laughs> A bunch of people who just started dating. They're very awkward right now in the room. They're like, hey, uh, I don't to... I'm not ready to say it yet. <laughs> right? Uh, we got some couples who've been recently on, um, who's back from honeymoon, so well done to you, who said I love you, to each other, and now you're married, well done. So, that's, but it's interesting, isn't it? Now, I wanted to know, if you did say you loved her or him first, did you actually know what you were saying then? <laughs> when you said, I love you. Sometimes we say, I love you, we don't actually know what we were saying when we were saying it. We only realise But saying that's going to cost us. (laughs) It's costly. Well, what is love? In 1993, the artist known as Hadaway asked the same question. He asked,
1: What is love?
0: (laughs) It's terrible. Maybe you're there. You're like, Vince, I don't know, please tell me today. I'm gonna tell you, okay, don't worry. And I'll tell, head away. if you're watching. Um, you're welcome. We have the answers here for you today. Maybe your answer would be, Vince, I can't explain it. I agree with Freddie Mercury. It's a crazy little thing called love. Sort of like, I don't know how it works, but it works. Maybe you were hurt, and now you agree with the artist Roxette.
1: It must have been love, but it's over
0: now. Even the young people are singing it. I'm so happy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It's a curse being able to sing, really. <laughs> I remember growing up hearing the tape rock set playing in my parents' car. Maybe, just maybe you're here today and you're asking... What the artist, Foreigner, asked in
1: 1984. I wanna know what love is. (laughs) Then you sing, I want you to show Are
0: we really singing this in church? (laughs) And then, the third line. I wanna feel what love (laughs) This is terrible. Oh, George, I hope you're not watching. Oh, so many specialists, right, on love. They're all specialists. A lot of people are specialists. We get doctors of love, matchmaking people, apps. But there is only one original. The one who not only loves and tells us that he loves us, but his very nature is love. Love is not only, you can put it on the screen, love is not only what God does, He says it's who He is. It's not only what God does, it is who He is. Love is not a mere attribute of God, it is the very nature of God. And that love, well, we see in the birth of Jesus, it's the kind of love that comes back for us. You know, we messed up. Before Jesus, we keep messing up now, but Jesus, God said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to get you. Not in a bad way, sorry. That's not coming back to get you. (laughs) He came back for us. We broke the rules. We sinned against God. But love came back. And love wanted to understand why we were broken. And what broke us? And he came not as only God, he came as a person. Hebrews says, so that he might empathize with our weakness, to know what it's like to be tried and tested in every way. Love has come to us in the person of Jesus. And as a last throwback to a song, the title of today's message is, Love Love changes. I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) So my question is, do you feel loved today? Or do you feel alone? Maybe with people who you know love you, but there's a sense of, I feel fully loved. Can you say that you have experienced God's love in a real and tangible way? Or do you think it's merely an intellectual thing to sort of know God or about God? Are you feeling unlovable or unable to love someone? Maybe you're there. Or maybe you are where I was for so many years, feeling unworthy of the love of God or even of someone else. Why would someone love me? And maybe you just hear... Because you need love. And I could ask in here, who needs love? And everybody should put up their hands, right? Today I want to tell you about love. And about the most important question, you, about, most important decision, sorry, I want to give you the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life. I know that's a big statement, okay. Some say it's getting married or not getting married. I don't know. (laughs) I want to tell you about the most important decision you can make in your entire life. I'll give it right away. It's to love God with all that you are. Why? Vince, why? Why? And the men are saying, love God. Vince, I could respect God. Maybe I could honour God. I could like God. God is creator. I could even be interested in God. Maybe you're here and you're just interested in God. Maybe you say, I appreciate God. I met with a gentleman a few years ago who eventually gave his life to Jesus because he said this to me. I said to him, do you know God? He says, Vince, I respect God. Then I said, oh, okay. Let's bring that closer. It's good to respect God, but do you know him? Have you loved him and experienced his love? Why, Vincent? Why do you say this is the most important decision I could make in my entire life? I've got a lot of decisions to make. Now you're giving me another one. Well, it's because it's the highest command he gives. He says in Mark 12, 28 to 31, he says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So why, Vincent? Because it's the highest command he gives, but also because it's in your best interest. To love him. We're going to unpack that a little bit. You know, we love because he first loved us. So it's my plan today not to tell you love him, I'm going to tell you why by telling you how he loves you. Today I'm going to tell you how God loves you and how his love is incomparable to anything on this earth, any human love, anything in all creation or other in heaven. And then I'll tell you how you can experience that love. God's love is different, deeper, wider, than we could ever fathom. I'm going to use the person of Peter. Peter was an interesting fellow. He he was a fisherman. And And we're going to tell the story of Peter a little bit. Here are the highlights we're going to use from his life. Jesus called Peter when he was a fisherman, told him, follow me. But eventually Jesus, uh, Peter at one point said to Jesus, Lord, if everybody else betrays you, I will never betray you. Me, Peter. A few seconds later, we know what happened. Three times he denies Jesus. And Jesus looks at him when that happens. Jesus returns um, and then reaffirms Peter by asking if he loves him. Those are the highlights we're going to look at. And we're going to define what we experience in Christ's love from the story. Matthew four eighteen to 20 gives us the calling of Peter. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. They were Simon. His other name was Peter and Andrew, his brother. They were putting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me. I'll make you fish for men. At once, they left the nets and followed him. What Jesus offered them there was friendship. God's love waited for you. It was a love that was prepared. A love that was prepared. Ephesians 1 tells us the following, verses 4 to 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, He predestined us to adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Can you see that God chose to love us and chose to have Peter be befriended by Him because He decided so before you got here. And before He got there, He simply comes to us. I wanted to say this to you today. You do not have to make yourself more lovable for God to come to you. I hope that sets somebody free today. You do not have to make yourself more lovable, for God to love you. You know, we present a lovable version of ourselves, don't we? You meet somebody, and you know, you never liked pepper steak pie. But all of, pepper steak pie is my favorite now, because it's your favorite. It's so amazing, isn't it? And you're like... But and I meet many people like that all of a sudden they like adventure sports <laughs> or all of a sudden like terrified while they're rowing and drowning all of a sudden you present something that you think that person will love, please love me back and I will show you that I'm lovable by liking something you like that's what humans do but God's love is different no presenting required he loves us No presenting required. He loves us. Because he's a man of his, or a God of his word. He said, I thought about this before, all this. And God is not a man that he should lie. He will not go back on his love that he has planned for you. I love that Ephesians says that it is in accordance with his good pleasure and will. He enjoys to love you. Isn't that amazing? We sometimes think, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Oh, you must be so tired of me now. I'm so sorry, Lord, I disappointed you. But God's not looking at your performance. He's not looking at you to be more lovable. He looked at Christ, who was the lovable one on your behalf. And so he rejoices over you and takes pleasure in you as he does in his son. Other than um, some of the um, money miracle, miracle money stuff that really bothers me, Cherise said she's very glad I didn't call it what I called it to her earlier, but I said to her, I was so frustrated about this, you know, uh, miracle money. I was like, it's like a doctrine of demons. It's so crazy. But another doctrine that I think is so terrible is the one we just spoke about, which is I must make myself more lovable for God to love me. What a terrible idea. Come as you are. There is love in abundance. The second highlight I wanted to make from Peter's story is the moment which he actually denied Jesus. In Luke 22, 61 to 62, we're going to see that it's a love that doesn't look away. Sorry, Curtis and Renee, I'm, I'm, I'm not being your friend today. I wanna I want to put number two on there. Is it okay? It's a love that doesn't look away. The first was, it's a love that was prepared for you in advance. The second is that God's love is different to human love in this way, that it doesn't look away. Ever seen somebody you're like, I can't look. <laughs> because somebody, you know those fails on YouTube when somebody like does a te- when somebody hits their teeth on something? I'm like, ah, I gotta cake me. Yeah. Sometimes... Somebody does something that hurts you, and you're just like, you can't look at them. I can't even look at you in this moment. <laughs> How many parents here uh, have started so joyfully um, with the elf on the shelf, naughty little elves, and look at what they did this morning. Three days later, you're like, those elves will not appear again tomorrow. They're not going to do anything funny. <laughs> We've already used the elves as a threat. If you continue not to listen, these elves will not return within. But in a way we make the elves naughty and we go, Oh look how funny, and then when our children are naughty, we're like, stop doing that. <laughs> so trying a different angle. But love doesn't look away. God's love does not look away. Let's read Luke twenty-two, sixty-one. In the ESV it says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the Lord, the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So just before this, there were people asking Peter, hey, aren't you that guy? And he says, no, 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 I'm not that guy with Jesus. And then a second time and a third time, he denied. And Jesus was in proximity, close proximity to Peter. And Jesus looked at him in the moment of his betrayal. Love does not look away. God's love does not get withheld when you sin. That's another doctrine of demons or of just it's rubbish. Okay, let's say it's rubbish doctrine. Okay, I don't like saying it. He looks and he doesn't look away. Now I know there's this little song that my daughter came home with and I wish that they never learned the song at preschool. Be careful, little eyes, what you see, right? Because the Father up above is looking down in love. I thought that's so like, I'm looking at you now. It sounds like, ah, stop looking at me. Actually, He's looking down in love. He doesn't look away, He understands. Remember that look. God does not look away from you when you fail. God does not look away from you if you're divorced. God does not look away from you if you're struggling with pornography. God does not look away from you if you struggle with terrible thoughts. God does not look away from you when you feel unworthy. He does not look away. In a way, that look is saying what I said at the start. I'll come back for you. I'll come back for you. God's love is God's justice. We said the second part of God's love is it doesn't look away. But what I really wanted to tell you is that the justice of man looks like this. Do wrong, get wrong. The justice of God is the love of God. The Old Testament translation for the word justice is God's Right way as opposed to man's right way. It's differentiating. It's saying God has a way, man has a way, God's way is different. His ways are higher, he says. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's justice is this. What I deserve, Vincent, is not what I get, I get what Jesus deserves. And Jesus gets what I deserved. God's love is a display of God's justice. God thought it's just and right for his innocent son to take my place. That's God's justice. It's a display of his love. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, It makes me want to shout and worship and say, thank you that your love doesn't look away. While I was a sinner, you died for me. And my problem was when I said to you earlier, I had just a deep sense of unworth. I try to make myself more lovable. Lord, I'll sing forever. Lord, I'll lead this and do that. And I'll go to hospitals and we'll do all these things. But it was all just a display. God, look at me. Am I lovable yet? And what I thought he was doing was still looking away because there would always be a part that I thought was not lovable. But all throughout that, he kept looking. I love you. I love you. I love you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thirdly, It's a love that moves the immovable. Let's read John 21 verse 7. It says this, That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, Would you have liked to be friends with John? Sorry. (laughs) Would you have liked to be friends with John? I identify as the person who Jesus loves (laughs) the whole time. This guy was really proud of his love for Jesus. He refers to himself in this way throughout his entire book. And not only, you remember when Jesus raised from the dead, there was a race. John won the race. By, by, he says so in his own book, I won this race. And Peter, he did not win, he came second. And then here he says, the disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, he's writing it, it's him, John. And then he says, it is the Lord. You see, Jesus had risen from the dead. He said, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, <laughs> I think Peter was like, I'm not losing another race. <laughs> He put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea, of, not just to stay in the sea, but to run to Jesus. We think that look was a look of judgment when you read. But actually, Peter then knew what this look meant. I could go to him. I could go to him. I can run to him. You see, the love of God is a love that moves the immovable shame and guilt on our hearts. Nothing else can wipe it away. You can try, like me. I tried for 20 years. I cannot scrub my heart clean. Doesn't matter what I do. No works, no amount of singing, no amount of trying. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know, David ran to God. And he says to God, look in my heart. There is no deceit in me. And when I read that, I go, what? <laughs> How can you say that? Everyone is deceitful in a way. But I realise what David was saying. He's saying, Lord, I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm not trying to deceive you here. I'm doing that to earn your love. Help me. Look in here, Lord. I'm not hiding all this stuff from you. You're looking anyway. I'm not hiding. And I know you love me. That's what David's saying. It's no deceit. Let there be no deceit in you. Run to God. <laughs> I used to be so annoyed with this one thing that my standard one teacher, Jefra Santi van der Welt, wrote in one of my books, I used to look at it over and over again. I was so disappointed in the statement. I made some mistakes in my little workbook, and in red she wrote the following words in Afrikaans i'll translate if anybody uh, has interpretation um, gift here she, read, she, she wrote I Vincent kom na je tu. translation i Vincent." Come to teacher. I was like, stupid, Vincent, stupid, stupid, stupid. I never went to, why? And now I just realized, I, Vincent. Come no me to, said Come me to. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me. The burden is light, the yoke is easy. I'm thinking about uh, a few of us writing a book called Easy Christianity, because I think life is more difficult without God, to be honest. Any other yoke than the gospel is a heavy one. The lightest yoke you can carry in this whole entire world is the yoke of the gospel, love of God on your shoulders. You'll be a free man. We've complicated it a bit. Hey, Vincent, come now here for a Santi, you, you is amazing. The look was enough for Peter to know that he could go to Jesus. So why do we hide? God's love abolishes guilt and shame. Do you need his love today? Are you wrestling with your own guilt and shame? It is the love that moves the immovable and it's the only love that can do that. David realized when he sinned, he says the following, against you, God, and you alone have I sinned. I also thought, how dare David say that? He had slept with another man's wife and then he had that man killed. And then he took that wife for himself. And then he goes to God and he said, God, against you and you alone have us sinned. And I'm like, what about Uriah, this guy that you had killed, and the woman? But what David realized is that is all of his sin was a sin against God. So he just brought it to him. God, you can fix this. Only you can wipe this away. No man can wipe away the guilt on the human heart. Only the love of God. Peter learned a massive lesson, and that's the fourth lesson he learned, that love, the love of God, cannot be undone. You are inseparable from it. This is Peter's moment when he realizes this. It says, John 21, 15 to 19. Now, what I've done here in this passage of Scripture, I've put in brackets the two different kinds of love that was being conversed about here. So when you read your English Bible, Jesus uses the word love, and then Peter uses the word love back in this passage. But we use the same word. But what they were using then were two different words. Jesus was using the word agape. And Peter responded with a different kind of love. Phileos or philia. So, as you read now, you'll see in brackets the the love that was being used. And there's a very important reason for it. John 21 says... When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love, agape, me more than these? Now, agape is the unconditional, unselfish God love. Love that is sacrificial, unwavering and stable. So Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love... Friendship, love. I need your friendship. That's what that word means. Philia, you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you, Agape, unconditionally love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I, Philia, like friendship, uh, like I need your friendship, love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now that time, Jesus used the word philea. I didn't put it in brackets there. There's an important reason for this. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you philia me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. I need you, is what he's saying. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep truly. I say to you, when you, are young, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will, stretch, uh, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. We're not gonna talk about that today. It's just in the verse. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. What's the first thing? Jesus said to Peter, when he met him, follow me. He reinstates, follow me. Beautiful. He reinstates that friendship again with him. So now why are they using two different loves here? What is going on? Jesus is asking Peter, can you love me with agape? Now, if Peter was asked this a few weeks before this moment, he would have said, yes, of course. All these people will desert you, and I will never do that. <laughs> right? Now Jesus comes back and so "Like, can you do that? And Peter realizes he actually can't do that. So Jesus then says, okay, can you give me not that agape? Because you realize that's what I do. What you do is respond in friendship and need. I need you, Lord. I need you. So Peter's response here was not wrong. He knows how he can love God. He thought, I'll die for you. (laughs) I'll go anywhere for you. It's in Matthew 26, by the way. He says, though they all fall away, I will never fall away. So, but God is the one who will never fall away. But of course, Peter did fall away, denying Christ not once, not twice, but three times that same night. But what Peter learns here is that we are inseparable from God's love. Romans 8, 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? No, nothing. Nothing. Can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It's a love that cannot be undone. Human love can be undone, God's love cannot. The fifth and last one is that it's a love that restores. You see, God's love is a safe place for you to fail and be restored. He is the God of second chances more than once. <laughs> He's a safe place to fail and a safe place to be after failing. It is the same Peter who wrote the following in First Peter 5.10. He says this, And the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you Make you strong, firm, and steadfast. It's a love that he has seen, he has failed. The same Peter, who suffered just a little while, in his guilt, says, He will himself restore you. Make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Isn't the love of God awesome? It's a love that restores Peter, the one who denied, is now in Acts 2, the one who is there, preaching the gospel. Beautiful. So, what if you say, Vince, that's all nice uh, info, thanks a lot, but I have not experienced this love. And today, I want to tell you, again, the most important decision that you'll make is to love him with all you are. You say, but I, but, 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 but. I want to emphasize the word decision here. When I was 23, Sharice and I were not married yet, and I had this friend called Louis Ustazen, not Louis Ustazen the golfer, who won two weekends ago. Another Louis Ustazen played bass so beautifully. He was a great guy. <laughs> and I said to him, ah, I don't know if, I don't want to, uh, maybe I was 21, actually. I think I was 21. I just got into civil engineering, and I said to him, I don't want to do this. The people are crazy. Sorry if you're an engineer. So I was also there. I'm also crazy. He said, I, I just don't like... It's just uh, All I want to do, I want to make music for God, you know, all these sort of things. And he said, do you feel like God put you there? I said, yeah, I think so. And then he says, Vincent, do you love Cherise? And I said, what? Uh, actually, I was like... Uh, Yes, of course, and he says, "Why do you love Sharice? And then he sort of fortunately, he started answering because i didn't I didn't know how to answer him. what was the what was the right he just looked at me like I knew <laughs> why?" He says, "Because you decided to." And I want to take you as a believer out of the experience, feeling of God's love into It is much higher and much deeper than that. It's a decision we make. It is a decision that we make. And he said to me, Vincent, you can love this industry. Just decide. Wake up in the morning. Wake up and say, I'm going to decide to love this industry, this construction thing, all of its people. And within six months of doing my internship year as an engineer, the people said to me, when are you coming back? We've got jobs for you. You must come back. Before that, they just ignored me. I was just inconsequential. But I had made this resolute decision to say, I'm going to do this love thing, this deciding to love thing. Love is a decision that I make. And what happened was, after making the decision to love, the feelings followed close by. I decided and love as the feeling then followed. So I wanted to encourage you to make the decision to love God. Not only to respect Him, to like Him, to be keen for church, but to follow Him with all of your heart, to love Him with all that you are. And the reason we can is because the Word says we love because He first loved us. Love him back and the feelings will follow. So you say, How do you how do I love him, Vincent? Number one, seek him. Jeremiah says if you seek him with all your heart, you'll be found by him. Seek him in prayer. Seek him in fellowship. Here. Ask questions. Join a group. Pray with somebody. Ask someone to pray for you. Pray for somebody. Set aside time to sing a song of worship. Seek Him. Secondly, love like Him. 1 John says, this is love, not that we have loved God, but He has loved us. If you have never experienced the love of God, you cannot love like Him fully, but you can love somebody and say, I'm going to do something for somebody even if they can't pay me back. That's love. Love like Him and you'll experience the love of God. And lastly, thank Him. Enter His gates with thanksgiving on your heart. Enter His courts with praise. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Thank Him, because thanksgiving with your mouth stirs up love in your heart. I'm of the opinion that without thanksgiving, love dies. Have you realized in your marriage and your relationships... Even in your job, the moment you are ungrateful for those things or no longer grateful, it's like the love dies. But the moment you remind yourself of the blessing, the privilege of being loved by somebody and sharing marriage with somebody, having work, it's like the love comes back. You're like, yeah, this is really amazing. Thank Him. We are not called to be thankful for everything. I understand. Some things happen, and you, you don't know how you could be thankful for that. But we are called to be thankful in everything. Not for everything necessarily, in everything. Because His love is faithful. Seek Him. Love like Him. Thank Him. And your cup will overflow. You'll experience the love of God. It's the greatest decision you can make to love Him back. Would you stand with me, please, as we end the service? We're just on time here, I think. Okay, thank you, Stephen. I wanted to pray for you today if you're feeling unlovable, if you haven't experienced the love of God, if you're feeling unworthy. I also want to pray for you that you'd experience the great power of God's love in your life. I encourage you to love Him with your whole heart. Not part of it, not just a Sunday, not just before praying for dinner, with your whole heart. Do it. And I want you to come back to me if it doesn't also Satisfy you completely in your soul.
1: The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies. Never New every morning, great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, great is thy faithfulness. We sing the steadfast love, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is Thy faithfulness. Your love is faithful,
0: God. We are inseparable from it. And for that, we give you thanks. That your love does not look away. Your love does not change its tune. It is stable, steadfast, consistent. Your love is just. It stands in our place. takes our place. And Father, we praise you because when we wake up every morning, there are new mercies to meet us on the road ahead. Oh Lord, thank you that your love prepared a path of love for us to walk in. For us, for some people here who might be walking in some darkness, would you, Holy Spirit, touch them with the power of your love? They might know that we are loved
1: we are loved cuz they are new every morning new every morning great is thy faithfulness oh lord great is thy faithfulness Let's
0: give him a shout of praise for his love here today. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love. We would love to pray for you. Prayer up front, coffee at the back. If you're a guest, we'd like to meet with you. Thank you for being with us today. Have a blessed week ahead. Cheers.